sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And good afternoon. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. We got you locked in for the next two hours with the latest in Major League Baseball, fantasy, reality, gambling, and everything else as we cover the top story still developing in Major League Baseball at this point, which is this morning, four more positive tests for the Miami Marlins reported by Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. And so many questions uh, moving forward with the Marlins, with their organization, how potentially a Marlins season can be played without almost 50% of their 30-man roster, including arguably some of the bigger stars that are on the club as well. So we'll dive into that today here on the show, and that's where we'll begin as we bring in Joe Pizapia here. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Pizapia 17 You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Joe, uh, thought that maybe we would be coming back to better news on the Miami front. We have some good news potentially on the Philadelphia front. And so it uh, does require a little bit of a deeper conversation, but good afternoon. Good afternoon, Craig Mish. Yeah, I know you had a busy day yesterday. Uh, I don't know how many cups of coffee you got into, but uh, definitely it was a busy one for you, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, that is a, the story continues to develop here and certainly good news so far. And I want to emphasize the so far on the Phillies front because I think it's uh, still a work in progress. We should all kind of understand that. And from the Marlins perspective, uh, it did not get any better in the last 24 hours from last we met. That's for sure. Uh, however, Rob Manfred did get out in front of it and was on MLB Network yesterday discussing it and basically saying we were prepared for this. This is the purpose of the taxi squad. And he did not at least give the impression that this was going to break the Major League Baseball season, at least not as of yet. So what was your takeaway from Rob Manfred's uh, comments yesterday? Yeah, I, I think that ba uh, Major League Baseball is sort of reacting as they go. Um, I, I don't know that anybody could have expected any Major League Baseball team to be hit this hard. And so I would probably be required to ask the commissioner again today how he feels. And and simply put, is this just something that is going to have to eliminate all 30 men off the roster for a season to be paused with a team, with a specific team? Because I think that I've had the same point on this throughout, is that I have no interest in the baseball season being canceled. And I have no interest in them stopping the season completely. I, I don't want that to happen. I don't think that anybody does. But I just think that from a competitive nature at this point, to make the comment last night that essentially when he, when the commissioner looked at it, he didn't feel that the Marlins were rendered a completely non-competitive team, I thought that that was really unfair. Because if this happened to another club, as we talked about yesterday, and the Yankees, the Dodgers, if they eliminated seven or eight of their players, the names would have been bigger. They would have been more recognizable. And would mm -hmm. that have rendered them a non-competitive team because their wins above replacement from their starters to their backups right. would have been more significant in that case? And then so maybe they would have given a pause or given a break. 
And I think that that's really unfortunate on the Marlins side, where it seems to be that they're really sort of casting them off at this point. And I think that the fair and equitable thing to do is to pause the Marlins season for the time being and continue the season. And it, and it stinks. And I'm the guy that covers the team. But it is the right thing to do at this point because from a competitive point of view, the Marlins will not be able to compete, I don't think, on the field for uh, at least a month or at least two weeks. Are they really just thinking that the guys who haven't tested positive yet are okay and those players should just be allowed to go travel and with the with players that are reserves or independent league players to play against the Orioles tomorrow? I mean, I, I just really find that hard to believe. It's unfortunate. It is sad. It is obviously terrible for me, but I think that's where we're at, Joe. It happened in the MLS. They had one team that was stricken by it, and they decided not to play. And uh, Major League Baseball may have to get in that boardroom and say, "Hey, uh, we, we're going to have to we're going to have to adjust wins and losses and percentages at the end of the year based on who makes the postseason." Because one of the teams may have to take a pause. I, I, I don't know any other answer to this unless they've determined that you can be stricken, you can be stricken with 30 cases of this, 60 cases of this, until all of your team is wiped out with the virus, you got to keep going. And if that's what they've decided, then they will keep going tomorrow. And welcome to our radio listeners as well, by the way. Yeah, uh, look, that was the point I made yesterday, too, about the Yankees and the Dodgers. And if these were big time teams with big time expectations and big time payrolls and not a team that was you know, in a rebuild, how differently would the perception be of this? And I think it's a very valid question still today and for the rest of the season, because just because we got through this one potentially and again, I put in air quotes potentially here doesn't mean there's not going to be another one at some point in time in this season. And whether or not that comes down to the teams that make the playoffs, it's based on winning percentage. However, they're going to figure this out. It's hard for the Marvel fan in me not to think about the end game and the end game here for me with major league baseball is, can they get to the playoffs? Can they get the TV revenue that they're looking for from those playoffs in the world series? And I think however they get there, the quality of baseball is not nearly as important as the quantity and whether or not they get that playoff baseball revenue and the TV money revenue. That's the end game for Major League Baseball right now. The question is, at what cost? What will it cost you to get there? Yeah, and, and the cost is certainly going to be deep, I think. But the reality is, uh, you know, baseball can go on. The Philadelphia Phillies, as of now, as of today, their entire team tested negative. Their clubhouse attendant tested positive. But their, uh, their entire team tested negative. They're taking tests right now in Philadelphia. They'll get those tests back tomorrow. And if they all test negative again, they will go to New York and they will play the Yankees. And that is probably the right thing to do. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today here on Sports Green. Two minutes don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you up until 2 o'clock Eastern as we cover everything happening in the world of sports, uh, world of baseball. We got basketball set to go here coming up in a couple of days. And Adam Ronis will join us on the show today to give us a betting preview of Thursday's games as well. So he will join us coming up a little bit later in the show. But we start off with a little breaking news uh, on the show today, just after noon, around uh, 12.15 here uh, on the East Coast. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reporting that the players of the Washington Nationals do not want to play the Marlins in Miami this weekend. So, uh, Joe, it, um, it, is, it should not come as a surprise to anybody that that is indeed the case. I would say that Marlins Park is relatively safe. In my opinion, I, I, you know, none of the players tested positive there or anything else, but now you have a whole team that basically has, or half a team that basically has uh, COVID-related uh, issues. And so you can certainly understand about the Nationals wa- not wanting to go to Miami. I guess the point is at this point, Joe, uh, is, it, is it the Marlins playing the Nationals in Washington this weekend or not playing at all? I mean, I guess that's where we're at, at least the way I feel. Yeah, that's the question. And, and I can understand that, too. I mean, the line of cars is still there for all the people getting COVID tests near the stadium. Uh, Florida is a hotspot. There's a lot going on here to digest when you're talking not just about the Marlins, but traveling to that area in general in Miami right now. And I think that that's valid. And the the one thing that could really undo the season quicker than anything else is the player revolt about everything. If the players just put their hands up and say, you know what? We're not doing this. We tried. We thought we could. We're, we're not going to do it. That's when I think things would go from zero to 60. And all of a sudden, I think things would potentially change there. And no matter what Rob Manford wants, if all the players decide to just walk out in the season, I don't know if people would necessarily blame them for doing that. I think everybody wanted them to try. And I think they are trying and they're giving it their all. Uh, I would imagine it would mean the Marlins going to Washington to play. At this point, I think, you know, there's no gates involved anymore. It's not like they're losing revenue from uh, (laughs) from the the gate at the ball game. So really, Mm -hmm. it's just about whether or not you're going to get these teams to play the game. And if you play the game, then all of a sudden that's another day of TV. It's another move forward for Major League Baseball. I think at the end of it, that's all their concern is not where you play the game, but whether or not you can play the game. Yeah, I I think. At this point, it may be the only scenario that the Marlins have. Uh, you know, they're supposed to uh, potentially play in in Baltimore in a couple of days, and and then finish off just by going to Washington. Joe is a short drive as opposed to coming home and playing them here. I think the Marlins will have no choice in this. I think that this is probably the only scenario for them, and then they're on the road again all next week. I mean, I, I just don't know, Joe, how one Major League Baseball team can endure all this stuff, man. Like, man. I, I just, I mean, I, I don't even think that they're in a position to play. I, I guess that this, I guess the commissioner will say, and Major League Baseball will say, you signed up for it, this is what it is. But I assure you, and I know for a fact that nobody signed up for this. Like, that, th- this is going above and beyond what was expected. They expected to potentially have an outbreak. They expected to dip very heavily into the player pool. I totally get that. They expected to go 10, 15 deep, but not in two days, not in three days to have your whole team wiped out and to not ever play your games at home and to have games postponed in the first two days. Well, does it make Nobody a difference can... if it's in, if it's three days into the season or if it's 33 days into the season, Craig? Does it really make a difference? Because we're only playing 60 games anyway. Uh, I guess I guess that's you know the counterpoint, and I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily uh, at all. What I'm saying is, 
whenever the outbreak was going to happen, it was never going to be good. The timing of it, the last week of the season, could have potentially been even worse because then what happens? Then you have to suspend the playoffs for a week with the team or, or just eliminate. Like, I almost wonder if, in a way, it's better if you were going to have a difficult scenario play out that it was better to happen sooner than later as standings start to develop and teams are actually further down the trough of the season. I mean, there's no good time. But in my opinion, if you had to choose, I would think earlier as opposed to later would be better. But I do understand the point of earlier being difficult because then people question going out there in the first place. Yeah, from a safety point of view, having it happen now is is horrible. To answer your question, it is much better to have the entire season play out and then have to cancel as opposed to three days in. Because all Major League Baseball teams want to play. They want their players to get time on the field as opposed to being wiped out which it looks like the Marlins could potentially be. So while it would have been disappointing if it would have happened 57 games in and to have no postseason, Major League Baseball would have looked back on this and say, hey, the experiment was all worth it. The players got paid. We got paid to have games on TV. And we almost got 60 games in. Now you got three and nothing else and no games in your future. So the answer is no. (laughs) It's much better to have this happen later in the season than it is now. I mean, from a development point of view, the Marlins are screwed. I mean, they, they didn't get anybody on the field this year. Nothing, nobody. They didn't even have a minor league season. So timing is part of it as well, I think, and I'll just have to disagree on that. Well, again, Let's take a look the, at the other headline. Is not, it's all of the yeah. teams, so just real quick. It's, it's not like... When I, the point I'm making, if this were just the Marlins, let's say, and they were playing a team that was playing for that last playoff slot, that's all I'm saying is, man, that would have been very difficult because all of a sudden then that other team get automatically gets in there. And, and if we're not canceling the entire season and the Marlins are a team that's just going to have to play with the taxi squad or the minor leaguers or whatever it is, they are still professional baseball players. They are still you know, Marlins after all, and that's who's cutting their paycheck and are they major league level talent? No, of course not. That's why they're in the minor leagues. And yes, there is no good that comes from this at all. I guess the point I'm making is there is also no good timing for this to happen at all either. I don't think there, there's were, no, there's no good, but if say that it, but Joe, there, there's no good, but to say that you would rather have it happen now than at the end is uh, is you're certainly entitled to your opinion, but your opinion is 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 not a good. Oh no, I, I'm not I mean, saying I would rather. Uh, let me be clear. That's not my opinion that I would rather have it necessarily happen now. I'm just saying there is no good time for it to happen. No, and I no, no, there is. The let me ask you a question, Joe. Joe, if the, would the Minnesota Twins rather play 57 games this year and have no postseason, or play three and not play the rest of the year? Uh, I think that's a legitimate question to ask them. Like, not do you want to play 57 games rather play 57 games and not play the postseason and have all their players get I guess get from a paycheck standpoint, in. yes. I guess from a paycheck standpoint, you'd rather play the 57 games, so there is your answer. Okay. And you're the same one that says this is about greed and this is about money, so what would the Twins rather have? No, they would rather have the 57 games. I'm not saying the season getting canceled. I'm saying the outbreak. I think you're I think you're conflating the, the two things that I'm, I'm pointing at. I'm not saying a cancellation of a season. I'm saying a team having an outbreak, two different things right now. I know, but you're also saying that it's better to have it now than it is to have it later, which is also not accurate. I'm asking the question if it's better to have it now. And I'm answering the question for you. It is not It is not better to have it now than it is later. Because if a team gets eliminated three games in, they don't get to play their season. Their season is over. They would rather play a season and have it end abruptly than not play at all. For sure. That's fair. That is fair. Okay. Let's go to the headlines here for today. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez and Hunter Renfro. Uh, both hit two home runs in their win uh, yesterday. I thought that, uh, by the way, Teoscar Hernandez, I've been waiting on for years 
to look like a superstar in the big leagues. And I think that there's a chance that he may end up being one. Um, the Blue Jays certainly may need him. We'll see what's up with Bo Bichette. He didn't end up playing yesterday, but the Blue Jays have a really sharp offense, and I thought they did a really good job in their win yesterday as well. We'll get to that in, in just a little bit over the Nationals. Uh, the Red Sox fall to 1-3. and three. Wow, they are going – I mean, you talk about a team that needs pitching help. They are going to need some seriously to stay in this thing. That total of 30, uh, the under looks like a gift in that one. The Red Sox don't look good at all. I don't want to overreact to four games, but <laughs> – they, they, they look pretty poor to start the season, as they should. They lost uh, Chris Sale. They lost Mookie Betts. Maybe we should have expected this. Uh, the Royals explode uh, 14 runs at Detroit, and Kansas City's offense is certainly one that you never would expect on any given day to do this. But, you know, those totals in baseball are, are rising. I'm seeing a lot of 10s today, a lot of 11s. And so it looks like there's a chance that maybe a lot of overs at the start of the season, which I'm completely wrong about. I thought there'd be unders all over the board. Uh, Anthony Rendon is due back today for the Angels. And, Joe, real quick to the NFL, uh, Jefferson uh, from LSU, the wide receiver that the Vikings drafted, goes on the COVID list. You know, certainly we don't know what the future will hold there, but uh, hopefully he gets healthy and he's able to get back on the field. And, uh, Joe, uh, real quick, the Patriots, I know, uh, in the last mm-hmm. hour or two, had a lot of their players opting out as well, and that will be a story to follow in the NFL soon, too. Yeah, including Adante Hightower, who is opting out for the season two. He just had a kid. And uh, look, in, not on this list either is the Atlanta Braves DFAing Mike fulton after yesterday's start, which I'm sure we're going to get into later as well, which was kind of shocking considering where Major League Baseball pitching rotations are right now. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's something to keep an eye on, on those uh, NFL totals with players coming in, coming out. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today here on Sports Grid, Greg and Joe. So don't go away. We're back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Athletic is reporting four more members of the Miami Marlins have tested positive for the coronavirus after the latest round of testing. ESPN has confirmed as well. The Marlins have now had 17 people test positive in the past five days. On Monday, the total of confirmed cases stood at 11 players and two coaches. On Monday, Commissioner Rob Manfred had said he believes MLB's health protocols are working despite the outbreak. He was quoted as saying, quote, we built protocols anticipating that we would have positive tests at some point during the season. The protocols were built to allow us to play through these positives. We believe these protocols are adequate to keep our players safe. Their outbreak continued to disrupt Major League Baseball's schedule Tuesday, though, the sixth day of the pandemic-delayed season. The Marlins' home game against Baltimore was postponed. Monday's game between the Marlins and Orioles was also called off, as was New York Yankees' series opener Monday and Tuesday's game at Philadelphia, where New York would have been in the same clubhouse the Marlins had just used. Joel Sherman of the New York Post reports that there have been no new positive COVID-19 cases with the Philadelphia Phillies in the wake of the Marlins outbreak. That's as of Tuesday morning. In the NFL, Bears defensive tackle Eddie Goldman has opted out of the 2020 season due to the coronavirus pandemic. Per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the move is, quote, due to health reasons. New England Patriots linebacker Donta Hightower is opting out of the 2020 season. League sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Tuesday. Running back Brandon Bolden also is planning to opt out for the 2020 season. Starting offensive tackle Marcus Cannon, fullback Danny Vitale, and reserve offensive lineman Najee 
Torin earlier decided to opt out for the Pats. Hightower is 30 years old and became a first-time father on July 16th. San Francisco 49ers running back Raheem Monster has finalized a contract restructuring with the team, his agent announced on Monday. The NFL is temporarily replacing New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quinton Dunbar on the commissioner's exempt list with criminal charges pending. Baker was told to stay away from virtual meetings this spring after police in Florida arrested him on four counts of armed robbery and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Dunbar faces four counts of armed robbery. Washington placed quarterback Alex Smith on the physically unable to perform list after conducting physicals for its rookies and quarterbacks Monday. The team also placed linebacker Ruben Foster on PUP as well. Smith has not yet been cleared by the team for football activity and wants to see what he's able to do on the field before taking him off the PUP list and increasing his football activity. Smith will work with trainers and the strength and conditioning staff during practices. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And, um, yeah, more breaking news here on the show today. So let's get right to it. Now, this is a tweet that has since been deleted. So we'll have to keep an eye on this one to see what happens. But of all the things I expected to see today, I did not expect to see a press release by the uh, Kansas City Royals announcing Patrick Mahomes is now a part owner of their team. So that was the tweet that was sent out by the Royals and uh, has since been deleted, Joe. But talk about talk about things that come out of nowhere. I mean, I guess he's getting a huge contract, but where where did he get that money? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe it's just, I, he got it maybe it's just part of a. <laughs> but he doesn't have it yet. No, no, but uh, but they'd like to get it. Uh, they they say, hey, you've got a lot of money. We could use some. You have a lot of money coming to you. How about we give you some ownership? Uh, then it's like an IOU program. You write a little note, Patrick Mahomes, IO Kansas City Royals, you know, two hundred million dollars, and you know he buys into the team there. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much we should speculate over uh, this over a deleted tweet, unless somebody maybe hacked it. There was a lot of weird Twitter hacking going on the last few weeks. So who knows? It's a crazy time. See, and you were worried we'd have nothing to talk about this week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm reading it here, and and, and ESPN is is reporting it as well that um, that he's that he's going to be part of their uh, their business ownership. Now, again, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have even close to enough to even be a, a significant part of this ownership. We're probably talking about a percent or two. It, mm-hmm. or if that, probably even less than well, that. But that's fun, isn't it? I mean, if I said yeah, you no, pray, yeah, hey, you one percent of yeah. the Marlins, you'd probably say, okay, yeah, sure. I'm, a, yeah. I'm an owner of the Marlins. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely cool. It's just out of left field, right field, center field, and everywhere else. That's it's <laughs> uh, it's just not something that that you think of, especially with a player who's just starting out. Usually, this happens with players who are on the way out, who are done. You know, Derek Jeter bought the, the Marlins. He put his five percent uh, of his own money up. I mean, I, I, that's why I'm saying is like Mahomes. What what he's able to do is it's got to be minimal. But from a PR standpoint, which I think is probably the the bigger picture here, it's a great move by the Kansas City Royals because he's a guy that's now going to be in Kansas City for the next ten years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And he's a great face of the franchise type guy. And look, the Lakers have done a great job through the years having Magic Johnson. Uh, the Dodgers had Magic Johnson as part of their ownership group at one point too, so um, yeah, just a cool story, I guess. But who would have thought that in this two-hour show we'd have so much, so many new things to talk about? But here we are. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's strange times, that's for sure. And uh, I can only hope he gets a cool T-shirt that says owner on it, too. I mean, if you're Patrick Mahomes, that's what you want. Or maybe he gets a, a jersey, and on the back, instead of Mahomes, it's a 15 jersey, and it says owner. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, look, this is the trend, right? Players getting involved in ownership, and good for them. I mean, that's where the control is. That's where the real money is. And uh, it's funny because it's it's going to be interesting to see this next generation of players who are getting involved in ownership and how that translates into what salary caps look like and and do players all of a sudden go to the other end and become greedy just like the owners and become everything they hated or do they go the other route which is really guaranteeing more money in places like the nfl because of they understand the the workload and how dangerous of a sport it is so this can be fascinating over the next generation how ownership and player ownership specifically might evolve our games yeah, and, and again, it's it, it, this is something that's I, I think sort of unprecedented too. Because again, you, a lot of times you have players getting involved in ownerships from a a financial point of view or even a figurehead point of view, but not when they're this young involved in the game, which really makes some statement about how they feel about Mahomes on and off the field. So we'll follow this one for you today too. If there's anything new to it, we'll give it to you. But that essentially is what is being reported right now. Uh, we'll get back to the latest in this saga of COVID and the Marlins and everything else coming up in a minute, but we are going to touch on baseball and we're going to touch a little bit on fantasy, which this season has completely been derailed from the start. And you know, that's, that's just a fact, but there are some things that are happening around the league that are actually interesting to watch to see if this is part of a 60 game season, or if this is just something that only happened and it's anecdotal in one day, I don't know the answer, but let's take a look at it because there were three key starting pitchers who fared very well yesterday and were just cruising along in their games. Although, you know, one of the pitchers here you'll see uh, did get hit a little bit in Trent Thornton. He did give up eight hits, so maybe that's not completely fair. But uh, Chris Bassett of Oakland, I was watching this game yesterday, four innings pitched, five hits, no one runs, one walk, five strikeouts, you're out of the game. And remember, Bassett was not their opening day starter either, had some time to build up and get ready. Tyler Glassdale of Tampa Bay was absolutely shoving. Four innings pitched, one hit, one earned run, one walk, nine strikeouts. I mean, he was a fantastic play everywhere and then became a non-existent play. Didn't get you the win, didn't get deep into the game, and the Rays have been sort of notorious for doing this. They did it with Blake Snell, and that's what we talked about yesterday. A little worried about that, that he won't pitch deep into a game. And then Trent Thornton of the Toronto Blue Jays, and in this sort of situation, you would expect a pitcher like Trent Thornton to preserve some bullpen. Ken Giles was out. They really couldn't figure out their ninth inning. They maybe have it figured out now. But four innings pitched for him, eight hits, only one earned run, two walks, and three strikeouts. Now, some people would look at this and say, hey, wait a second. His whip was, t- was two in four innings, and I get that, and I, and I think that that's, there's fairness to that. But I think that if we extrapolate this and, Joe, look at the future, that we're only a few days into the season, and maybe this will change and, and pitchers will get deeper into the game. But if they don't, then you're not looking at a lot of starting pitching wins this season. And I would wonder how far this goes into this season or maybe even next year if they have success. Because starting pitching, is it going by the wayside? Are wins just completely irrelevant in fantasy, in reality? By looking at these three performances, the teams didn't seem to think that the win for those pitchers mattered at all. 
Yeah, hardly any starting pitchers got wins yesterday. Michael Walker, who actually pitched pretty well himself, went five innings, got the win. Outside of him, it was few and far between in terms of starting pitchers who were getting wins. And I actually made the comment yesterday when I was watching the games, it kind of felt like Little League. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is our best guy. He can go out there for four innings. But, you know, his mom said that, you know, we have to cut him off at a certain time. <laughs> and then you have to go to the next kid and the next kid. And that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, hey, we are in the summertime. We don't have a Little League World Series, but we have Major League Baseball that's basically borrowing the page. I have a feeling this is also indicative of the stopping and starting where pitchers are at. You've seen a lot of pitcher injuries, a lot of pitcher elbow issues. Presley had an issue. Giles had an issue. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, Strasburg dealing with a nerve issue in his hand. So there's a lot of issues with the pitchers and with the stopping and starting. Eno Saris did a great piece about this, and he had a lot of concern about the pitching with the stopping and starting and then coming back. So, so far, he's been prophetic in that. Uh, I also think it has something to do with last night was the first turn for the number fours. And tonight's going to be your first turn to the number fives. And I think that when you're looking at the DFS slate or any slate of Major League Baseball, you have to understand that pitching's at a premium already. When you add in the injuries, when you add in everything else going on, it's very difficult to get five, six innings out of who was going to be your fourth or fifth starter, who has now been replaced by some other person. You see a lot of the names and a lot of people tonight on the slate. You question, who are these guys? And that is fair. Uh, that And that's even for the casual or even more than casual Major League Baseball fan. The one start I would definitely take away from is Tyler Glass now because I think this is just him ramping up. I would imagine the next start he goes somewhere around six innings. And if he does, I really do firmly believe, especially with the Verlander injury, that all of a sudden Tyler Glasnow has a real chance at that Cy Young outside of Garrett Cole, who is the chalk, who is the favorite, who should be and deserves all of that 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 lead news. I think Tyler Glasnow is that dark horse candidate that could really emerge, especially in the shortened season. And he was just flat out dominant against a Braves team that scored, what, 14 runs on the Sunday night before. So that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah, well, I, I would think that there's a chance of that. I really like him a lot, and we're going to need to make up for... Uh, thinking Otani had a shot at the MVP after he's looked the last two starts here. So maybe that would be a better bet for, for the Cy Young going into uh, week two of the Major League Baseball season. The Mets uh, are going to start uh, David Peterson tonight. I, uh, Joe, I don't know a ton about him. Uh, he's going to start against the Red Sox. Uh, Kyle Zimmer is going to make his debut uh, today against the Tigers. And Mike Matheny told reporters that he's only going to be limited to 50 pitchers. We know the Royals have had all kinds of trouble keeping their pitchers healthy. And on the field. So at this point, not only are they going uh, with Brady Singer, but Kyle Zimmer as well. And uh, and for the Mets, uh, they're also you know down to very little when you lose Syndergaard and Wheeler mm-hmm. leaves the club after the season. And then they had the unfortunate injury with Stroman. This is where Peterson gets his debut. 4.91 earned run average last year, more than a strikeout per nine. So certainly gives him a chance to succeed. But this can't be a pitcher that I would project to go more than four innings tonight either. No, no. If I were you, I would get very much involved in the offensive side of this game tonight. Talked about this morning on the DFS pod. And look, the pitching right now, too, because there's really only Walker Bueller on the slate tonight. Uh, that's the only premium pitcher. Everybody else, we've even got like Josh Lindblom tonight, who's a really good potential start. He's only $6,000 on one of the sites. It's crazy what we're looking at here. And on the FanDuel side of things, there's money to be made because of some of the discount you're getting here. And uh, I would certainly look at this right now as offense and bullpens are going to win games outside of health. You know, we talked about health being the main thing, but right now in the early going, the first month of this season, however far we get, it is definitely going to be about how good is your bullpen, how deep is your bullpen, how many different looks can you give, and 
and what kind of offense can you put on the board? Because you're going to need it right now because everybody's going to be deep into those bullpens. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, well, one of the starters uh, going tonight is probably one of the more anticipated fantasy starters of the 2020 season because when the Brewers made the surprise announcement, which feels like 10 years ago, but it was only six months ago, that they were signing Josh Lindblom from the KBO, not only to uh, join the team, but to be part of their rotation, it definitely caught some people by surprise, especially with the amount of money they gave him. But Miles Michaelis had a lot of success with St. Louis, and right now they're hoping that the Brewers have a lot of success with Josh Lindblom. So here's what we're going to do. We'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll break down who Lindblom is, what he has achieved thus far in his major league career and his KBO career, and we'll also hear from him uh, on the situation right now of basically having an opportunity to stay in the KBO and pitch, comes here, not even pitching at all in the big leagues because of COVID-19. We'll be back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on Sports Grid. We're following all the big stories going on in sports and baseball and in life in general. In case you missed it earlier this morning, The Athletic reported four more members of the Miami Marlins uh, tested positive, which certainly puts their game tomorrow, if not their season, in doubt. And uh, also The Athletic reporting that the Washington Nationals do not want to fly to Miami to play the Marlins. So whether or not they will play those games in Washington or play them at all remains to be seen. But as the commissioner in baseball said last night on MLB Network, the show will go on. We'll see about that. But for now, our show will go on. And so we will continue with the rest of Major League Baseball slate as we preview all of the games today. And a little bit later, Adam Ronis is going to join us on the show to give us some perspective on the NBA's restart coming up with the two games on Thursday. But, Joe, I think one of the more fascinating stories of our 2020 campaign is seeing pitchers who... We really haven't seen in a long time players who have spent time overseas trying to reinvent themselves. And I love these sort of stories. Now, some of them are great and some of them are not. And you play a little bit of a guessing game with this, but two years, Miles Michaelis came back from overseas and and was amazing. I mean, he won 20 games. I mean, he was just fantastic. He hasn't been as good since, but you would say that the Cardinals absolutely, with the money they spent on him, it was well worth it, even to get one season like they did mm-hmm. out of him a couple of years ago. And so in the offseason, the Brewers decided to do the same thing. Their pitching staff looked a little bit light, so they reached down to the KBO, and they grabbed a pitcher by the name of Josh Lindblom, who is going to be making his first start in Major League Baseball since 2017. He's had, He had two different cups of coffee over the last seven years and admittedly, and I saw the interview we did yesterday, admittedly said that he wasn't good in either of the two, at all, in either of the two stints uh, since coming back. And that was even with Ray Searage as the pitching coach of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But he makes his major league debut tonight. Last year in the KBO, he was 20 and 3. And Joe, uh, whenever this sort of thing happens, you don't really know which way to go. And from a fantasy perspective, there was really nobody in on Michaelis a couple of years ago. Nobody believed he could be anything. He started off poorly. And then just was like a house on fire the rest of the season, 
uh, with the Cardinals offense backing him a little bit. And so I wonder if Lindblom could have the same success as Michaelis did with St. Louis. He certainly has the offense behind him, too. He is their fifth starter. But the question is, can he become a good fantasy starter on our teams this year? Well, I'll tell you, there was one guy who was actually in on Mikolas, and it was Tim McLeod, a good friend of ours. He he watches a lot of Japanese League and a lot of KBO, and he was in on him. And I got to give him credit. Even after the rough start, I was kind of wondering, I said, really? Are we going to be able to do this? And he said, yeah, no, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. I said, all right, Tim. But uh, Lindblom's a guy that I own a ton of season-long shares of because he was basically free. And unlike Mikolas, he had a really good K per nine, uh, not just the success of wins, and you see the 20 wins there before but this is a guy who's striking out a ton of guys in the kbo and this was a guy who was dominating there and not just you know pitching to contact and getting outs and you know the, the good babips and things like that that you know good uh hits per nine rate this guy was basically flat out just crushing it. and i think the brewers have been really they've done a really good job of finding these guys whether it be woodruff or adrian hauser you know they they've had a tough time here growing some pitching of their own at times and uh certain guys that they were depending on that they thought were going to lead these rotations unfortunately did not always work out at least not yet for some of them but limbloom was a guy that it cost you nothing to find out and i thought the reward was huge and this was basically a dollar player uh end of the draft player you could have and i can't wait to watch him pitch tonight i think it's a great contest uh for him to go out there First re-debut for Josh Lindblom and a great opportunity for the Brewers to say, hey, look, look at us. All these teams looking for pitching and we found another guy who could be useful in our rotation. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting because Lindblom, Joe, could have been pitching right now if he, if he decided to stay there. Right, and, that's and the irony. <laughs> fulfill his dream of pitching uh, with the Brewers and Lindblom from his, uh, I, I suppose, from his hotel or his apartment uh, yesterday uh, talked about basically, hey, um, you know, making the choice and just the irony of, of sitting out all this time and now finally making his renewed debut with the Brewers tonight. Um, you know, we all want to play baseball. We all want the season to go on. Um, so you, you really got to take emotions out of it and you have to look at the situation and you've got to say, all right, what is best for everybody involved? Um, not just players, but you look at just the ramifications of this for clubhouse staff, for security, um, for for everybody, um, and the health and the safety and the well-being of everybody is is of first importance. So you know, baseball aside, wanting the season to continue, that you kind of got to put that on the back burner right now and say, all right, how do we keep everybody safe? And we, you know, somebody might have to make a hard decision. Um, but, you know, I think that's those are all things you need to think about. Yeah, and I, and I think that it is uh, part of the game, Joe, at this point. And uh, Lindblom had a really good interview, by the way, yesterday from start to finish and discussing sort of the options there. And it's, it's, it's a little surprising to hear that from a player that's been waiting so long and so eager to get back in the big leagues. But I, just, I think, Joe, it goes to show you just how concerned uh, all players are in Major League Baseball. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'll be tuning in to watch Lynn Bloom tonight for sure. Even though there's no Marlins, I'm watching the rest of the games. <laughs> Absolutely, you should. I mean, baseball's back right now. you got to take all the baseball you can get whenever you can get it. He also, good on Josh Lindblom for bringing up that it's not just the players here. You know, there's coaches, there's security people, there's equipment people, there's so many people who work 
uh, behind the scenes and around the scenes of Major League Baseball. And their safety is paramount as well. It's not just the player safety. So good on him to mention that. And, uh, you know, just a quick glance again at those stats last year. He had 189 strikeouts and 194 innings, just 29 walks. That is dominant. I'm not saying you could pick that up and necessarily drop it into Major League Baseball. But you know what? Maybe in this current climate, he could drop something close to it. And if he does, he is going to be one of the great stories of the 2020 season. And I'll have expectations going into next year. Yeah, and I would really like to see him succeed as well, because I think that uh, for my good buddy Dan Straley, who is also pitching uh, overseas and having a ton of success, uh, I would love to see this pipeline of pitchers who reinvent themselves. They make this choice to go overseas, and then they end up coming back, and they end up having a lot of success. So, I mean, those stories can be really good as well, I think. Um, The Washington Nationals are also in an interesting predicament. As we told you a little bit earlier in the show, the Nationals, according to The Athletic, don't want to travel to Miami to play their games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now, uh, Anibal Sanchez, who amazingly (laughs) is still pitching in the big leagues, and by the way, at a very high level in the big leagues, this guy pitched, I I believe, a no-hitter with the Marlins in 06 or 07. Uh, has had one of the really big lasting powers of any starting pitcher in, in the major leagues. You go back and look, I believe he's 14 years in as a major league starter. And, of course, he came uh, from the Miami organization. He actually came from the Red Sox organization initially, and then he was involved in the trade and then uh, played out a lot of his career with Miami. He's now a World Series champion with the Nationals. Uh, didn't have a great start yesterday, for sure. Uh, but after the game, was asked about if he can keep his focus uh, on the field based on everything that's going on in Miami with his former club? Uh, right now, everything is a new normal. You know, uh, every day is different. Every day is uh, you're going to wake up one day and you got like a big news. And another day, is, uh, everything is going to be normal and the new normal. So whatever you think uh, um, outside the game, that's that you can bring to the game, you know. So one day you hear about the, the situation of the Marlins, and another day you're going to hear in another team. So the Marlins, they play against uh, Phillips. You don't know what you're going to hear from Phillips in two, three days. So I, I don't think uh, that's uh, – uh, they. I was that on my mind during the game. So whatever happened in the game is, is happening. It's nothing to be with, uh, with what's going on outside. And, and I think, Joe, that's kind of the, the key point that a lot of Major League Baseball players are saying is that once you get them in the element and once they're on the field, uh, you know, they're sort of forgetting about that. And, and that's why I think it is so imperative at this point to make a clear and concise decision on the Marlins in particular, whether or not to keep them going, because I don't want to see that altered. You know, I don't want to see that integrity altered. And safety is first. But if more players sound like Anibal Sanchez does then it makes a lot of sense because uh, you you don't want players on a field looking to their left, looking to their right. Is that guy wearing a mask? Does that guy have it? And mm-hmm. I know that they say that once they get in between those white lines, they're not thinking about it, but it is only natural for them to be, especially with the kind of outbreak that Miami has had. So I am hopeful that that continues to be the case because once you start sacrificing integrity and putting the players somewhat at risk, both physically and mentally, I think that's where the game changes. No, I think you're 100% right. And as I said at the top of the show, the one thing that can undo the season very quickly before anything else, before COVID, is the players revolting about it. And if the players see a trend going in the wrong direction and saying, you know what, we're out, and they all start dropping out and they all just walk away, 
that's going to be the big difference maker. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, David Price certainly had some harsh words yesterday, uh, concerns about the safety. And, you know, that's not a good look for Major League Baseball when one of your star players is out there on the forefront who pulled out of the season and basically saying this was why I pulled out of the season, because I did not think that they had our safety uh, as their number one priority. Um, but I do think there, to a certain extent, between the lines is the sanctuary. It is where those things fall away and you're trying to get a guy out on 3-2 pitch. Uh, it's pretty much the only thing you're thinking about. And I'm sure there's moments where the other things, you know, when you go to give a guy a high five, maybe that's where it creeps back in. And I'm sure mentally it's very difficult. I, I can't imagine what they're going through trying to do it. And I think everybody should cut them some slack out there and enjoy whatever baseball you see. You see whatever baseball you get today, tonight, enjoy it. Uh, watch other teams that you don't usually watch. Enjoy the game for the beauty of the game, because these guys are trying to go out there and do the best that they can under really difficult situations. Yeah, and and I think that once we you know, hopefully get past this, it would be great to see them them able to play everything out. And as I talked about earlier on the show, uh, I could not be more thankful to hear today. And and it's funny that some people would look at some of the things that I've said and have the assumption without knowing me or knowing who I am and or watching the show and in thinking that oh, Craig Mish is one of those guys that wants baseball over with. It's like, it, couldn't be further from the truth, but I could understand how people would think that. But it's not that. It's just one team. And it's and I, I mean, I think that hopefully people will have some respect for what I'm saying is that part of my livelihood. And one of the reasons I'm here on SportsGrid is is the ability for me to be able to cover Major League Baseball games. And I'm not going to be able to go to any probably this year. Not going to be able to cover the team that I cover every day. And and I and, and here I'm the one advocating the pause on them. I'm not saying that the season should be canceled. Now I will tell you this, Joe: had the Phillies tested positive with 15 guys today, I think my opinion would have changed. But it's very clear it is one team. But I hope that they don't take that lightly with that one team and just say that team presses on. And I, I think that they gotta pause them a couple weeks and then and then let's readjust. I don't think they're going to take it lightly with the one team. I just don't know how heavy they're going to take it when there is only one team. And I and I know that sounds like a weird thing, but I think there is a difference here. And you're absolutely right. The Phillies test, and, and I said this yesterday, and you agreed with me also, that you know what happens next really is going to determine what goes on the rest of the season. And if the Phillies had 15 tests, that would put a pause in a big-time way, and I think a lot of doubt. The fact that so far the Phillies tests have come back negative, that is a very, very different tone of what's going on. It's allowed all, everyone to take a deep breath, too, which is also, under these circumstances, important to do. It's a terrible situation for the Marlins in every situation you could possibly imagine. It's bad. It's bad from a financial standpoint, bad from a baseball standpoint. It's just bad. There's no good that's coming from this whatsoever on a player health standpoint. But at the same time, is it to the degree that they're going to stop a Major League Baseball season? At least right now, according to Ron Manfred, that is in no way, shape, or form even on the table. Right. Well, the good news is from this, too, is as we've discussed, uh, the NFL can now sit back and watch what has happened with uh, with baseball and certainly some of the issues that they are having. Not that the NFL is going to completely get it right either, but it is great to see this happening from their perspective to learn from the mistakes that are potentially being made. I have a suggestion for how the NFL can complete this season. And I'll talk to you about that coming up next, right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. If you follow me on Twitter, you just saw me uh, tweet out that it looks like the Marlins are at least unlikely at this point to play uh, their scheduled games Wednesday or Thursday in Baltimore. So we'll just have to wait to see what the next steps with those are. But certainly uh, that pause button uh, seems to be, uh, you know, sort of you know, getting closer to being pushed at this point. But look, they could play Friday in Washington if the Nationals agree to have them. Wow, what a wacky story this is. Uh, Okay, so uh, about an hour ago, another tweet that I sent out, Joe, I want to get your thoughts on this, is that just based on what I've learned from this, my opinion from this, you can't stop this virus. I know that. You can try and prevent it. Feels like an NFL cliche. You can't stop them. You can hope to contain them or something like that. Uh, But... My suggestion, Joe, and, and I think I, somebody tweeted at me the Patriots are already doing this this year, so maybe just subliminally, this is, I, I, maybe I knew this was already happening. Uh, but, Joe, it should be, to me, show and go for every NFL team this season. If they have to push the 1 o'clock Eastern games back, push them back. Uh, I would not have any team fly in overnight, stay in a hotel, and go to the game the next day. None, zero, zip. If they want to push the start times back of these games to 2.30 and 6 o'clock and then have the night game at 9.00, Fantastic. I, I would avoid any hotels if I was the NFL this season. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take at all. Uh, and by the way, you just made me make Craig Mish face when you made that joke about you can only help to contain it. I literally did the. Oh, yeah, I didn't think horrible. it was possible for me to make the Craig Mish face. You did it. Congratulations. It was a horrible, it was a horrible statement. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say this: I, I think you're probably right there. I think it's going to be a lot of flexibility, not only with the times, but also the days of NFL games. And this is the big advantage the NFL has: playing once a week, you're able to manipulate the days, manipulate the games, and you have bye weeks you can play around with too, where you possibly can make up games. The NFL is in just such a better circumstance in terms of volume of games compared to something like Major League Baseball or even the NBA, for that matter. Uh, the difficult thing is how many players are on these teams. But I think there's going to be a ton of flexing of time periods that's going to change a lot of dfs slates that's for sure potentially so you're going to keep an eye on that uh but i think that uh, you're absolutely right uh bringing these teams in and the more controlled you can have for a longer period of time over the environment of these players is the difference yep east coast west coast that's the only issue we'll be back with our two of fantasy sports today next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 